Welcome to Scrolling, a podcast about the Elder Scrolls Online. I'm Ket. I'm Davius. This is episode 69. I want to start by talking about something that I feel good about. So, um... Uh, start I'm with talk happy about, things. Let's start with happy things. I'm going to start with uh, talking about my Magicka Nightblade, Ged Sparrowhawk. This is my uh, main character. He's always been my main pretty much since forever uh, in all aspects of the game except PvP. Uh, and in PvP, for as long as I've been kind of really getting into PvP, I've kind of been a Templar main, like a, Stam- a Stamplar main, and then later kind of a Stam and Magplar main. But I know deep down in my heart all along, I've really been a Magblade man. <laughs> Straight to your soul. The last time I really put a lot of effort into getting good with a Magblade in PvP, it was it was a while ago. Uh, yeah. And Magblade is a difficult class to challenge, uh, or diff- a difficult class to master, uh, in, in especially in PvP. And when I can just jump on a Templar and immediately start getting fantastic results, it's pretty easy to neglect Nightblade for a couple of years. Yeah. And you, you, you give it a shot. I'd say like every, you know, every so often it kind of turns, you know, calendar turns back around, you give it another shot, try to test VGs. Yeah. And you usually are always like, you know, it's not bad. It just doesn't feel, just doesn't feel good. It's just, yeah. It's just, I can log in with almost anything else and, and probably be having a better time. But this go around is quite a bit different. I think there's a few factors there. Um, and I kind of mentioned some of it uh, on the last episode, but really, for one, just the meta, the current meta is really great. And I think just about anyone on any spec can can find success and, and enjoy uh, Battlegrounds Deathmatch. But uh, not only that, you know, like I was saying, it's been a couple of years, really, since I've really spent a lot of time with a Magblade in a PvP environment, like trying to get good. And in that time, I've been playing with a lot of other uh, characters. I've gained a lot of experience. And you know, frankly, I'm a lot better player than I was then, you know, and that's a, that's a big factor now as well. Just kind of these lessons that I've learned playing on a, on a Templar or a Dragonite or these classes that don't have an easy escape tool, you know, like uh, invisibility where you're forced to pay attention to things like positioning and situational awareness and choosing your targets wisely and when to push, when to retreat, those kinds of things. Uh, you know, you take you take all of that kind of stuff and you add the the ability to just turn invisible anytime you want, you know, and um, some you can really start making some things happen. <laughs> the invisible. It helps just a smidge. It does. It's uh, quite the perk. I've, uh, one of my guildmates once said invisibility, <laughs> quite the perk when they were trying <laughs> Nightblade for the first time. <laughs> um, so. I've been having kind of a renaissance with this dude, man. I've really, I have not felt this kind of enthusiasm for my Magic and Nightblade. It's probably been about two years, uh, and I'm like, I'm at work during the day, like thinking about my Magblade, thinking about coming home, logging in, and just doing as many BGs as I can do until bedtime. And I've, I've been doing that for like the past month. Um, so it's been great. On the on the last episode, I talked about how I'm I'm committed this time. I'm gonna get good with Magblade finally. I'm I'm really gonna you know, dedicate myself to it. Uh, and so, yeah, I've just been queuing up again and again and again, uh, and through just sheer brute force of just, you know, playing a lot, uh, I'm, I'm figuring some stuff out and I'm, I'm having good success. I'm having more good matches than bad matches. 
Uh, and it's seriously a lot of fun. It's like uh, it's kind of like what I was saying with uh, Mag Decay not too long ago. Like when, when you find that zone, when you're when you're in the zone and it's feeling good, and you're like getting all these kills, and you're you're providing the team support, and you're just making the right decision moment to moment to moment. It's an incredibly satisfying feeling, and I think the the Nightblades like theme and aesthetic and everything for the class. It's like it's it's such a it's such a sexy playstyle honestly it's a it's just smooth like butter and it's it's difficult to master it but once you find that once you find it and you're threading that needle there's nothing like it man it, it's it's seriously a lot of fun kit your 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 magblade main heart has come full it's come it's out, it's out there. <laughs> it is no this, more this need to hide my, it <laughs> this is my goal you know like i i think right now here today I uh I can't I cannot say that I'm a Magblade main in PvP. I haven't I don't think I'm quite there yet. I think I would still have to say Templar is my is my best class. Um but that is my goal. I think at some point maybe maybe this time next year maybe I'll be able to confidently say, "You know what? I'm a Magblade main in all aspects <laughs> of the game. PvE, PvP, whatever." I think that's that's I'm going to shoot for that. And and already I think I'm well on my way, man. Things are starting to click into place uh and it's it's been oh, yeah. pretty awesome. I've done some matches with you and Ged, and it's it's been good results. Yeah, and he's surprisingly a pretty decent team player. You know, like I'm not just hiding in the shadows and you know off by myself. I'm I'm with the team. I'm healing yep. people. I'm I'm helping get those executes, and I'll kind of get into some to some details here in a minute. But um, I'm I'm finding that I actually bring a lot to the table uh, on a team, and it's not necessarily a, a class that has to play by itself. Yeah, absolutely. It's been been good group support. Not even just yeah. like it's like, you know, acceptable group support, but it's actually been effective group support. Yeah, like exceptional actually for such yeah. a simple uh for such a simple uh healing kit as well. I'll get into that as well. That's one of my favorite things about it is it's uh it's very bare bones, you know, very easy to use as far as the the defensive kit, really, really simple, but also very powerful. Um I want to talk about the build a little bit. There's actually a really funny story behind this. And <laughs> I'm going to be talk- I'm going to be talking about my Magblade uh, for a little while here, so I, I hope hope you guys are uh, okay with that. It's Magblade time. On the last episode, I I mentioned the build that I I've been using was uh, Crafty Alfik War Maiden as a front bar only set with a sharpened flame staff, um, the Gaze of Sithis Mythic Helmet, and, and One Piece Vulcan Scoria. Man, that Sithis Helmet. Do you use the Sithis Helm on anything yet? Oh, yeah. My uh, my Mag DK. Or, no, sorry. My Mag uh, Crow. I oh, use okay. the Gaze of Sithis. Yeah, that's right. I remember now. Man, such a fantastic item. It really is. I was seriously, this is the first character I've put it on, and I. you look at those stats and it seems like, yeah, it seems all right, but the, the actual overall effect of wearing it is seriously, seriously good. It is It is a, a lot of uh, reward for, if you put it on the right character, it's little cost. Yeah, on a Nightblade that doesn't necessarily block all that much, and it's actually kind of nice, like, once you kind of get used to the fact that blocking isn't really an option and you just kind of don't touch that button all that often unless you're just trying to avoid a stun or something like that. But you end up saving a lot of stamina, you know, because when you're blocking, your stamina recovery is disabled, plus you consume stamina to block things. So you you actually end up just keeping a lot more of your stamina for sprinting and dodging and that sort of stuff. It it helps a lot in that regard. And I kind of have to remind myself because sometimes I'll reflexively block stuff anyway and then i have to remind myself that's not doing anything except draining my stamina so stop it you know that did nothing 
<laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, for night blades and sorks, especially and werewolves, I think too, uh, really, really awesome item. That, that's a little detour there, but anyway, the point is crafty Elfik, war maiden, um, maelstrom resto staff on the back bar, gaze of Sithis, and one piece of Vulcan scoria. That's the build, uh, that I've been using for a while. And, uh, Crafty Elfik, that's just a set that I had in the bank. It was already totally golded out, had Tristat glyphs on it, and I knew already that that was going to be kind of a temporary set, uh, but it's just kind of good enough for now. I just wanted to start playing with this dude. Um, but I've been keeping my eye out for alternatives, uh, stuff that'll basically just give me more damage. Um, I was kind of undecided, uh, just kind of looking around for things, asking different people. Finally, uh, our old buddy, CPU Scientist, shout out to CPU, uh, recommended checking out the Stygian set. So this uh, Stygian is a medium armor set that uh, uh, drops in Cold Harbor. And uh, it's a really, really strong set, and it's made for Nightblades. It gives you a line of uh, weapon and spell damage, another line of weapon and spell damage, a line of penetration, uh, and then the five-piece bonus, uh, whenever you come out of invisibility, it gives you 369 uh, weapon and spell damage for 15 seconds. So 369 doesn't sound like a ton, but remember that all gets amplified by like your major sorcery buff and all that sort yeah. of stuff. Plus those two through four piece bonuses is just like straight offense. So all together, the set does give uh, a ton of damage. So it's a great set. And yes, it's a medium armor set, but everything has been hybridized now. There's really, you know, you, you can justify wearing pretty much anything these days, you know. Yeah, that's true. So... It seemed like a, a good option, so I went ahead and uh, spent a ton of gold, a ton of mats, <laughs> a ton of transmute crystals, getting this set all together. Um, and so I replaced Crafty Elfique with Stygian. Uh, so it was Stygian, War Maiden, and then the Sithis Helm, One Piece Vulcan, and a, a Maelstrom Resto in the back bar. And then I hit up Davius and said, hey, be my target dummy. I want to do some testing. I got this new Stygian set. I want to compare it to Crafty Elfique. I'm pretty sure it's going to blow it out of the water, but let's just see by how much, right? And I have to say, I'm a pretty good target dummy. I'm pretty Davis, good. Davis, you're an excellent target <laughs> dummy. The best. So we met up, uh, and Grizzly Khan, shout out to Grizzly Khan. He was there just kind of watching this all transpire. Uh, so I'd put on one setup. I'd hit you with an attack, look to see how much uh, damage it does, then put on the other setup, hit you with the same attack, and, and compare the difference, right? Yep. Uh, we did this a whole bunch of times, uh, time after time after time after time, Crafty Alfique was doing more damage. And we were like, what? That's not right. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. <laughs> uh, we tested it for a good while. And yeah, I mean, every single time Crafty Alfique was coming out ahead. So um, our good buddy Uncle Sam was online. I hit, I hit him up and I was like, hey, I need another target dummy. It's someone with like different stats. I just wanted to have more variety to, for the data. Um, same thing with Uncle Sam. Crafty Elfique was doing more damage than Stygian. Um, and Sam just couldn't believe it. He's like, no, that's not possible. That's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just don't believe my own eyes. Uh, at this point, it was getting pretty late at night. It was like past 11 p.m. for me, which is way past my bedtime because I'm a senior <laughs> citizen. Uh, so we were like, I don't know. That's weird. Elfique seems to do more damage. Anyway, see you tomorrow. Uh, went to bed. Thought about it all night, couldn't sleep, woke up the next morning, still thinking about it. How in the world is Crafty Elfie doing more damage than Stygian? Log back into the game at like 5 a.m. I'm start. I'm like looking at the gear, seeing if something stands out, and boom, there it is. Standing me, staring me right in the face. Right in front of you. Uh, 
I had the wrong glyphs on the jewelry. When I when I reconstructed the jewelry pieces for Stygian, uh, it, they still had the the default glyphs, which were stamina recovery. Um, so I was missing over 500 spell damage from my build. So of course I'm going to be, you know, lacking some damage there. <laughs> going to hit a little uh, softer. <laughs> yeah. And I left some stuff out for my story. I was kind of uh, so Sam has been trying to talk me out of Crafty Alfique for a while, you know, and he's been telling me like on and on, like, yeah, Crafty, you know, it's kind of a so-so set. There's a lot of other better things you could be using. And I'm like, I don't know, it seems to be working pretty good. It might not be as bad as you think it is, you know? <laughs> and uh, and so then we were doing that Stygian comparison. I'm like, hey, Crafty Alfie, huh? Not so bad. <laughs> and I was kind of being funny about it. But uh, anyway, once I found that out, I was just like totally embarrassed. I had to send a message on Discord letting everyone know, like, hey, I'm an idiot. My bad. Um, <laughs> fix the traits. We did the the testing all over again. And guess what? Stygian wins. Stygian does more damage than Crafty Elfie. <laughs> Who, who'd have thought? Um, but there's more to the story. So there are pros and cons, I think, between Stygian and Alfie, by the way. I think there is still a very good reason to uh, uh, to use Crafty Elfie if you want to. Um, for one, it gives you excellent max stats. And, and that big stack of max magicka, to me, translates directly to sustain. That's just more abilities yeah. that you can cast before you run out of magicka. Um, so that alone is fantastic reason. Plus it's not bad damage at all. Yeah. Stygian, uh, the pros of that one is it, it's very good damage and it synergizes very great, uh, for, uh, night blades in particular. It also gives you very good healing power because of all that weapon damage or spell damage that it gives you. Yeah. Um, uh, but it does have some cons. It doesn't not, it does not give you a single line of max stats. That's always tough. That's tough. Your max stats are going to suffer. Um, it's a medium armor set, and since I'm front barring War Maiden, that means I'm going to have to do jewelry and two body pieces. Uh, so that would be two medium, one heavy, because I'm using the Sithis Helm, um, and then four light, which is not the end of the world. You know, it's all hybrids now, it's all good, but I like to have as many light pieces as I can uh, for that penetration and especially for the sustain. So that's not the end of the world, but I, I prefer to have more light. Yeah, I would just say out of Astygian and Elfique, you know, Magblade, I don't have Magblade, but I talked to you a lot about your Magblade, obviously. You know, you mentioned how big uh, Magblade's built-in sustain kit is. And so I mm-hmm. think, you know, maybe that sustain part of Alfique isn't as important on a Magblade, but on a different type Magicka character, that Alfique could be really effective. Oh, yeah. Crafty Alfique is uh, a great set for Magicka sorcerers in particular because it helps get their shields nice and big. Um but just that's just kind of comparing those two. But Stygian is not quite out of the woods yet. So Stygian definitely <laughs> is more damage. But I'm sacrificing some things, right? I'm not getting the max stats. Uh, it's a medium armor set. It has a proc condition, right? So I have to think about have I cloaked in the last 15 seconds or not, you know, which I probably have. But still, it's it's something that's in my mind that I have to think about. Um, so I had to do one last comparison. And the baseline to me for PvP builds is... Our, our good old Heartland Conqueror, right? My favorite set in the game. The best set in the game, in my opinion, for PvP. So basically any set that I'm going to use on a PvP build, it's got to beat Heartland or it's out. Heartland is the that's the, the, the middle line. That's the equator. Uh, the problem is very few things beat it in overall effectiveness. So I just kind of end up equipping it on character after character. But um, So I decided to compare Stygian to Heartland Conqueror. 
um, using sharpened staff and a powered back bar um, on, on both setups. So everything's pretty much identical other than just swapping those sets out. Um, so Stygian versus Heartland, Stygian still barely ekes out the damage, just, just a tiny bit. I'm talking like with a, a spammable that has about a 10k tooltip, Stygian does about 20 more damage. Yeah, and we tested that out thoroughly too, and it was... It really was like 20 more damage on, on yeah. each light attack. Yeah, it's literally uh, 3741 versus 3761 consistently. Yep. Um, in my mind, that's basically identical damage. I guess Stygian technically wins by those 20 damage points. But from a 10k attack, you know, to me, no one's going to notice that difference. And then the heals, it's kind of the same same situation. Stygian does give you a big stack of spell damage, and that gives you quite a bit of healing, actually slightly more healing than I got than I get from Heartland, uh, which surprised me, actually. That surprised me too. I because that, that powered back bar with Heartland, you would think would push it over the top, but Yeah. Uh but yeah, just the, all that spell damage just kind of ekes it out. But still it's a very minor difference. Uh, and we have to uh, keep in mind all those cons I was just talking about. Low max stats. It's a medium armor set. There's a prop condition. Heartland doesn't have any of that, right? It's a it's a crafted set. Yep. I can craft it any way I want. There's no prop condition whatsoever. Uh, it gives me two lines of max stats, uh, which is very, very nice. Um, and the damage and heals, the difference isn't enough for anyone to even notice. Yeah. So in my mind, Heartland wins. Yeah. Heartland is probably one of the top sets in the game right now a lot of people use it and it may be it maybe is my favorite like popular set that the game's ever had because it's seemingly you know it's very popular a lot of people use it but it it's not overpowered it just seems so well balanced it's a perfect set it's balanced just right um yeah you're totally right it's not overpowered at all i think what makes it popular isn't necessarily the power it's the flexibility yeah you know like it's crafted. You can make it any way you want yep. it. You can use any number of traits to to make your build work a, a number of different ways. You know, it can be a completely different kind of build depending on your your weapon traits. So, all that to say, my Magblade <laughs> build is Heartland Conqueror, uh, War Maiden as a front bar only set with a sharpened flame staff. I have a Maelstrom Resto on the back bar, powered. Have that Sithis Helm and One Piece Vulcan Scoria. Nearly an identical build to my Magicka Templar. Um, the only difference is the mythic item. My, te my Templar is using uh, Wild Hunt. My Magblade is using the Sithis Helm. Uh, but on the Magblade here, uh, I'm using two, two swift pieces of jewelry, uh, which gives me almost the exact same uh, movement speed as Wild Hunt, uh, but I can still use Sithis, and that's giving me back... Uh, way more um, resources than I'm giving up by uh, running those swift traits. Yeah. Um, so that's a great build. I'm, I'm liking it a lot. The damage is very, very good. The heals are very good. The survivability, you know, it's a it's a light armor build. I'm not wearing any M-Pen. We already talked about that last week. Don't wear M-Pen if you haven't heard. It, it's, a, it's a bad trait. Get it out of there. Get it out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Scroll in podcast at gmail.com if you want more details or just listen to the last episode. We talk all about it. <laughs> The point is, aside from Sithis, he's a pretty squishy build, but he hardly ever dies. And I'm not yeah. just hanging out in the shadows either. Like I was saying earlier, he's a absolutely a team player. Yep, um, if da so. if danger's coming, my my like instinct reaction isn't to cloak; it's to line of sight and and that sort of thing, like I do with all my other characters. And I usually only use cloak as an absolute last resort, and I think that's the best way to use it. So, that's the build. Um, 
I want to talk about a few other things. So um, with the uh, the Deadlands update, you know, this um, malevolent offering ability uh, got majorly buffed. Uh, it's basically um, it's basically Magblade's Breath of Life. It's it's essentially like a Templar's Breath of Life for Magblade, uh, but in my opinion, it's way better just because the the cost is so much less. So I'm using the Shrewd offering morph. Um, so that one just basically just reduces the cost. And part of the cost is your health, right? It, it, there's a there's an upfront magicka cost, and then it's like 810 health over two seconds. Um, in addition to that, and that's factored into the total cost. That's like part of how it's balanced. So um, the amount of magicka that it costs is way less than, say, Breath of Life, because you know your health is is the other part of that cost. But it's yeah. such a small amount of health. I'm telling you. You don't even see your health bar move, uh, especially, you know, using that Sithis helm and our base health recovery. It yeah. totally negates the health cost. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't even register. You can spam this thing as many times as you please and you're, you're not going to run out of health. It's not it's, it will never be a problem. Um, and you can also continue spamming it because because of that health cost, the Magicka cost is so cheap. It's it's about it's about two thirds the cost of Breath of Life. And Magblades have excellent sustain already. You can literally just spam it as many times as you please and never run out of Magicka and just keep your teammate or yourself alive forever. I've been that teammate. <laughs> I can speak to the truth of it. Yeah, um, it's it's pretty amazing, especially like I'm used to playing Templar quite a bit. So I'm used to like I can only spam Breath of Life so many times and yeah. then you're kind of on your own, you know. Uh, I'm going to have to do a heavy attack or something like that. But that moment, I'm telling you, that moment never comes on a Magblade with this Shrewd Offering Morph. It's like, I just spammed this thing 10 times. I can do 10 more, you know? <laughs> let's, let's keep it let's going. Go. Yeah. Um, and it's it's comparable in healing power to Breath of Life. Like on my Magblade, he has really great stats. And my Shrewd Offering uh, heal, healing ability has a 15k tooltip, a 15k instant burst heal that I can just spam, like I said, as many times as I please. Yeah. Um, so I have that. And then I also have rapid regen slotted. Uh, I usually use radiating regen on most of my mag builds. This is the, the one build that I'm using rapid on and man, I really, really like it. Um, it's really great for a build like this where I don't really have a big healing kit. You know, I have besides my ultimate, I just have shrewd offering and rapid regen. That's it. Those are my two healing abilities, but really those are two there's there's such potent healing abilities that really is all I need, and they're both extremely low cost. And rapid regen actually more than pays for itself because I'm using the Maelstrom Resto staff, so it's yeah. already a very low costing ability that gives me a ton of healing. Plus, it's actually giving me Magicka back. Um, so there are two healing abilities that cost next to nothing. I can they give me a ton of healing power. Rapid regen is basically a vigor that I can put on anybody uh, that I want, including myself. Um, so usually like if I see a teammate who's on the brink of death, like say they're just like they're in execute range, uh, first thing I'll do is cast a shrewd offering on them to, to just give them one big burst of heal to get them up out of execute range. Uh, then I'll tag them with rapid regen and I can forget about them after that. I can go pay attention yeah. to something else. And that's the thing is that it's crazy. I mean, in, in, we've done BGs together and usually you're the highest, you know, the highest heals on the team with this character. And you're not really focusing heals by any means. Yeah, just kind of as needed here and there. And it's very yep. kind of like it kind of like a Magblade's offense. The healing is similar that it's very single target focused. I'm only I'm not toss, tossing out a bunch of AoE hots or anything like that the way like a Magden does or or a, a Templar. 
Um, it's really just kind of single target at a time, but that target ain't dying. Yeah. You know, like whoever I'm kind of focused on, they are not going to die. Yeah. And it's kind of weird to say because it's it's almost higher quality heals because like you said, it's not hots on the whole team where maybe there's a bunch of heals happening that are not really in necessary moments is when you're throwing those heals, it's in the heat of the moment. Those that, you know, whoever you're throwing them on is really needing them in that moment and it's changing the outcome of a fight. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Um, and man, I can't stress enough just the fact that you can spam that shrewd offering infinitely, man. I'm telling you, there have been times I, I'm not exaggerating. I've spammed it on people over 10 times in a row and still wasn't anywhere near out of Magicka. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty crazy. Darn incredible. For how strong a heal it is. That's just, that's insane. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty great. Um, and so I also have the, the resto staff, um, ultimate as well. So between those three things, it, it really is a very effective healer, even though I'm not, I don't think of this character as a healer at all. You know, it's just kind of as needed. Also, the Soul Tether Ultimate. I have been using Incap, but I have switched to Soul Tether, and that was a fantastic move. I get way more kills ever since I've started using this Ultimate. Uh, it costs a little more. I think it's like around 150 Ultimate, um, but that's really not a bad cost at all. Um, and it's an AoE burst, and that is huge because it's not dodgeable. What's the number one reason for NCAP? Any any Nightblades listening, what's your biggest grief with NCAP? <laughs> it gets dodged every single time. I swear, it always gets dodged. Um, so with Soul Tether, not a problem. You, they can't dodge it. It's not possible. Um, and the, the damage, it's not quite as much as NCAP, but it's pretty close. Like my tooltip, it's like a, a thousand difference, you know, so it's pretty darn close. It stuns every enemy that it hits uh, in the area, and it tethers you to them uh, and gives you a hot uh, while that tether remains. So the way I use it for my combo is, um, first of all, I feel like I have to explain like the Magblade offense as I've come to understand <laughs> it. You can't just run up to someone and attack them with your burst attack right away. Like if they have a health bar and you come right at them with your Merciless Resolve and your uh, ultimate and try to execute them after that, they're not going to die. Um, you have to whittle them down first. You have to, you know, your magblades are ranged. They have a full long 28 meter range. So you can stay from afar and just light attack weave. You're spammable at them uh, a whole bunch of times. Try to get them down to like 50% health or so. Your spammable is very, very strong on its own. So you should have a pretty easy time whittling their health down. Uh, and then when you get them around 50% health, that's when I really go for the, the big attack. Uh, so that's when I'll, I'll uh, go into stealth, I'll charge up a heavy attack with my flame staff, and then weave that directly into my uh, Merciless Resolve bow proc, and that's my big burst right there. Uh, and then right after that is when I do the Soul Tether ultimate to give them an, another burst plus stun them, uh, and then I could usually ex execute them uh, pretty easily if they're, uh, if they're not dead already. Yeah, and that's the thing that's really stood out to me on running with you at this character is that the uh the unique you know multitasking that it's capable of so you know we've talked in past episodes about how important it is to have executes right now healing in battlegrounds is extremely strong uh, and when you get people down they bounce back up real quick and the the support and the heals that this build can do while at the same time finishing people off with those executes is a really fantastic uh, group utility 
I really like this, um, the Impale Execute. The Magblades uh, Class Execute is, a, is extremely strong. It's it's full long range, 28 meters, or I think in PvP it's extended to 36 meters. Um, it's, it's a little bit more difficult to use because it has a more narrow range. Most Executes, um, they kick in around 50% health and they, they ramp up as your uh, target loses health. Um, but Impale is different. Um, it doesn't ramp up at all. It's just when your target reaches 25% health, you get the in, you get the full execute uh, bonus right away. Um, oh, GrizzlyCon's asking what uh, potions and food I'm using on the Magblade. Very good question. Thank you. Forgot to mention that. He's using the Bewitched Sugar Skulls for the food, uh, and he's using uh, standard spell power potions. Yeah, so he just has really good max stats and uh, and... The gear or the the armor traits are four well fitted, three divines, and I'm really liking that a lot. Um, I've actually even been thinking his sustain's so good. I'm actually thinking about doing seven well fitted just to make him a little more athletic. Um, but yeah, um, also another thing too. I don't know. I don't do this with any other characters, but I put all of my points into Magicka, every single one of them. So he only has a, a little over twenty seven k health, which is way lower than I'm used to yeah. running. Uh, but it doesn't even feel like a problem at all with that Sithis Helm helping me out so much. Plus, I have um, good mobility with my two swift pieces. I have invisibility if I need it. Very good heals. I really rarely die when this guy, and he's in the sweatiest of the sweaty matches. You know, he's in Amara's yeah. up there. Even when we, even when our team, I've noticed when we're running together, even when our team goes, you know, we the, the fight goes south, we lose the fight. That's when you usually will bring out the invisibility. You'll get out of there and get right back to our. Uh, our spawn point and we'll just kind of go again it's important to me to like think of it as he's not a ganker like he use he does have stealth he does have cloak slotted and he, he uses it when he needs it but he's not ganking people like he's straight he's fighting kind of like a mag sword you can see him while he's attacking you you know i'm not going in and out of stealth constantly um the only time i really use stealth offensively is right before i'm ready to deliver my my main burst attack and that's really it otherwise like i'm totally visible i'm hanging out with the team i'm healing uh, and i just kind of use that as an escape tool if i need to or i use it offensively like that and i really like that i think you, you'll find that your teammates will appreciate it as well because you're like another body block target uh to help them out it's important to to keep those things in mind you know if you're invisible yeah. the whole time they're basically outnumbered the whole time yeah um, another tip um, that I've, I have to remind myself of uh, almost daily when I'm playing with this guy is that patience is extremely important uh, on a Magblade. You know, like think of a Templar, patience not necessary, right? Like <laughs> like you just gap, close, and jab, 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 you know, and if, if they dodge or if it misses or whatever, just keep jabbing. Just and keep they'll, jabbing. Die, they'll, they'll die eventually. Uh, you can't do that on a Magblade, right? You go in and if, if you whiff your, your burst attack – it's over, you know, go, go retreat, try to build your stacks back up, get your ultimate back, try again later. Uh, you can't just keep going at it the way you can, um, with a, with a Magplar. So you gotta be patient. You gotta, I really, I don't go hunting for kills. I kind of wait for the kills to come to me. Uh, the ones that kind of seem like easy pickings, I'll go for them. And then once, even once I've chosen a target, I don't go for them right away. I wait for a good opportunity, a good moment. Uh, I don't want a situation that's going to pull me away from my team or draw my attention away from like if someone needs a heal or something like that, you know, just be patient, wait for those opportunities to present themselves and just snatch those kills when, when they're ready, you know, and I, f I find a lot of success with that. Not that I'm getting a ton of kills, but you know, his typical matches, he's like 10 and 0 most of yeah. the time. 
Plus, I mean, we got to talk about this is your main, you know, you know, most people know this is this is like your main. He's done all your PVE. He does your PVE, does all the quests. He's got all the achievements. This is your main. And 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 I'm excited for you that he is he's in the BG world and he is he is effective. I know you've wanted that for a long time and it's it's finally come and it's he's working. Yeah, really, no matter what happens in the future from here, he's at least in the rotation now, you yeah. know, and he's he's someone that, like, I can feel confident about, like, I'm in the mood to play with this guy, and I know it's going to be a good time. Uh, and I think, I really do think that I probably will, down the road, be a fully-fledged Magblade main in, in all respects. I think I'm, I'm on my way. Davis, you have a new build. You're a uh, stamina necromancer, chief of grief. Tell oh, us what's man. going on with this dude, man. I, I'm pretty psyched about this build for you. <laughs> yeah, new build. It. Uh, so, you know, we talked about this. I put it in the Discord. I do have to admit, I've gone to the dark side a little bit. I am wearing Plague Break. Um, you are, but I approve of it. <laughs> I, it's just it's justified so, <laughs> when, when you see this thing in action it's just too good it works yeah. um so i'll just go over the build real quick uh it's it's five piece plague break uh five piece swamp raider uh and then it's the master bow front bar and the vatishran two hand uh back bar so kind of a unique setup but i i've gone all in on this kind of disease poison damage and that's really uh, you know, I, I researched other sets, but Plague Break just fits in nicely. I'm not just throwing it on there because it's the Plague Break set, but it really fits in with what this build does. It's the um, right set for what yeah. you're doing there. It is. Um, and really kind of the, the, the thing, the engine that makes this build go is that I use the um, Acid Spray. Um, and Acid Spray is the spammable of this build. But it kind of goes along with uh, that Swamp Raider. I'm really trying to get everything I can out of that Swamp Raider. Uh, that disease and po- uh, poison damage, 600 you know, damage buff. Uh, so I'm using Acid Spray. Uh, it's doing great AoE. Um, and it's throwing that Plague Break on everybody. You know, I can throw that Plague Break out there real easy. Uh, the Swamp Raider gives it a nice buff to where it gets to spammable numbers. And then, you know, really the other abilities, you know, I have the master bar and the master bow in the front bar. So I have, you know, I'm using poison injection, you know, I'm a stam crow. So obviously I've got blast bones Uh, and then I'm using that, uh, the Colossus ultimate. Um, And so every single one of my damaging abilities is getting that swamp raider buff. And that was kind of a big part to me is that if I'm going to go all in on this poison and disease damage, 600 buff. I want to use it on every damage ability, and this Stam Crow setup allows me to do that. Yeah, they're like uniquely suited yeah. for that. Um, and it's it's really nice. It's you know right now it's my only ranged build, but it it works out really well because it's it's really good damage. Uh, it's range, which you know I would I think we'd both agree right now range is kind of um, a it's little bit for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit better way to go right now in BGs. Um, and so, but that, I mean, as far as a rotation, it changed depending on the situation, but really what I'm doing is just throwing the acid spray out there to get that plague break on everybody. Uh, I actually use poison injection a lot and I kind of rotate targets with it. So I'm getting that damage buff on multiple targets. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm throwing the blast bones on there, you know, obviously for that burst, um, and that with the plague break and with the, all three of those abilities, getting that buff. Uh, and then I'm getting that damage buff from the master bow. 
Uh, plus, I'm using the Vatistran two-handed back bar, and then that's ramping up the damage. Um, and so once once this thing gets going, the damage number and the damage ramp, the, the spell and weapon damage ramp starts really getting up there. Um, and even the Colossus Assault, that's getting that Swamp Raider buff as well. Um, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm getting better at aiming it, but there's been a couple times where I'll throw that thing and it just finishes a whole team. I mean, it, mm-hmm. that thing hits hard. Um, uh, but you know, a lot of the time people dodge out of the way and, you know, they see that thing and it's kind of BG 101 is you, if you see that thing, get out of the way. Um, but there's definitely team fights where they get sweaty enough and it gets intense and you drop that. Uh, with the blast bones and you know you've got poison injection out there a couple times and i'll throw the acid spray to get the plague break um and this build can really start racking up the kill numbers it's it's been it's been pretty fun in that regard yeah it's cool it's like i I like builds like that with a lot of aoe where you can like approach a whole group and yeah do something about it you know and that's exactly what it is it is not you know i it that master bow front bar you know would kind of make you think single damage focus but for how much i throw the poison injection around um it's kind of more of just kind of an extra ramp uh for the aoe type abilities so you know if i throw that on one or two players maybe when i'm doing aoe and hitting multiple players at least those two players now are taking more damage uh, and that's kind of how it works you know i'll try to throw it out there where i can and, and i'll use it as an execute if it gets to that point to kind of get mm-hmm. finishing kills um but you're exactly right i i don't approach this as kind of single target you know i kind of go into a group and a fight and kind of throw everything out there and then once i see the health bar you know once you find the health bar that gets low then you can kind of readjust and kind of start focusing to finish those down um but it really is it it kind of goes in and and just kind of throws it out there across the board um and it's i've been really really excited uh with the results the kill counts it's getting the, the the damage numbers it's getting when I threw this build together, it was kind of like, all right, like, let's see if this works. And, and I've made, you know, slight changes, but for the most part, it's kind of kept it the same. Uh, and I might have just thrown together maybe one of the the better performing builds I've I've ever put together. I love uh, when that happens, when you're just like, oh, let's throw this together, see yeah. what happens. Oh, it's actually amazing. Yeah, like, nice. Oh, wow, this <laughs> actually works out really well. Uh, and, you know, the numbers have been great. And, um and it's been, you know, when I first started throwing it together, I was getting pretty crazy numbers. And I was like, all right, you know, I don't play with this. I don't play with Chief of Grief a whole lot. Uh, the Stam Crow's kind of been on the shelf for a while. Maybe it's some low MMR and it's just kind of working out. Um, but it's, you know, I've been playing on this character a lot and it's steadily kind of climbed the MMR. We've done group, uh, you know, duo queue, you know, we've done full four group. Yeah, it's a great group build. Yeah, and it works really well in the group, um, and and it's gone. You know, it's it's been it's been tested in some sweaty matches, and it's still uh, it's still come out the other side. You know, um, in pretty good shape. So uh, I've been very very excited with it. Um, there's still a couple things you know I might tinker with or slightly change, but for the most part, it's it's pretty locked in, and um, you know, it's kind of that. Uh, good thing, bad thing in the sense that I'm having so much fun with this build that I'm only playing with this build. So I kind of feel bad. I look at my other characters and I'm like, ah, I should play with you. You know, I want to do some things, but then I'm just like, Ooh, this build's just feeling, it's just that sweet spot. It's feeling too good right now. So this is the one I have been logging in with a lot. And same thing in the solo queue, you know, it's, it's solo queue numbers are fantastic as well. It's got good group utility, you know, it's range build. It's got some, 
you know, some heels on the back bar and, and it's, you know, it can be tanky just like a, you know, like a Necro uh, allows. And, uh, you know, it's a Nord build uh, and I use the um, Necrotic Potency ability. And so it's actually pretty surprising how often I get that Colossus. Oh, yeah. I imagine so. Necrotic Potency, man, that's a ton of ultimate that thing it's gives you. so much ultimate. It's so much. Um, it, you know, especially in BGs when there's, you know, and BGs right now, there's bodies piling up all the time, mm-hmm. and, you know, and this build's helping with it. So, uh, and I, I really like it because I don't have to be, you know, most of the time when you have that Colossus ultimate, you have to be really careful about when you want to use it and really wait for the multiple, you know, the specific right time. Mm-hmm. But I'm building ultimate up so quickly that I can kind of be, I don't want to say careless, but I can definitely not, I, I don't have to worry as much if I do get a miss because I'm going to be a little more liberal and, with it. Yes, exactly. I, I'm going I'm to turn around and get that going again pretty quickly. And I really like that because I, I throw that Colossus ultimate out there quite a bit. I'm, I'm kind of constantly just trying to get it out there. Uh, and when it hits, it hits, man, that. You know, when you that that's that real sweet spot is, you know, I'll throw the acid spray out there. I have a couple poison injections, throw the acid spray out there, throw blast bones with the Colossus, you know, and then the plague break will break. And it's it's just too much damage. It's it's almost you can't even heal through it. You can kind of just see it all happen at once. And it it really blows up some people. So, yeah, if we happen to have a Sork in the group that has a Mage's Wrath on a few people, then it's just that's just the finishing touch. (laughs) Done and done. Uh, Yeah, it's I've been really excited with the build. Um, it's been, it's been working really well. And this is, this has definitely been my favorite build right now to play in a BG. Cool. Man. Yeah. It's, um, uh, I've really been enjoying seeing it in action and, uh, we've been doing some pre-mades here lately. Yeah. And, uh, usually when we do pre-mades lately, I've been playing on my Magcro despair who's a, a healer. And I found that to be a fantastic pairing. Those two in particular. Yes. They, have, uh, they go very well together. <laughs> yeah. Because Despair, she's all about the AOE as well. Not necessarily damage, but she's she's throwing out all this crowd control and just making life miserable for every enemy in the in the vicinity. Uh, and then you're just throwing all that stuff on top of them as well. And they're having a hard time moving uh, and all that stuff. It, it works great. Yep. And when you lock them in place, it makes that Colossus even easier to hit with. Yeah, it's a it's a great pairing. I'll talk about uh, Despair uh, just just a little bit here. Uh, I don't. I won't go too deep into it because she hasn't changed a bit uh, since the last episode when I talked about her. Uh, but that build is still holding up, and I think that's the build. You know, I don't. I don't think I'm going to change a single thing about <laughs> yeah. it. Um, it's the the mending set, aka healing mage. Uh, now I'm using the kin marcher set on the front bar with a charged frost staff. Uh, Maelstrom Resto, of course, on the back bar, uh, and two pieces Earth Gore. Um, really, just I think just a perfect healing setup, uh, especially for this particular character who's all about debuffs and kind of it's more about making the enemies weak than it is about making my allies strong. Uh, and it's just it, it effectively kind of has the same effect, you know. But uh, yeah. I just like that theme. And Kin Marcher is amazing because you it has this big long list of major debuffs and and it will have two of them active at a time almost always, so there's just there's just a lot going on there and yeah you can definitely feel it like you'll be in these big dog dog pile matches and you're thinking like man there sure is a lot of like visual effects flying around but I'm not I'm not taking a ton of damage you know and <laughs> and it just seems weird like we should be having to fight for our lives here but uh. It's just kind of we just kind of have this protective little house of horrors that we yeah. can hide in there, and uh, 
Yeah, it's, it's just a lot of fun. It's a very like abusive, aggressive style of, of support. It's it's funny kind of comparing to say like a warden or a Templar where the theme is all like I'm I'm this being of pure goodness, you know, and I'm keeping people alive <laughs> and I'm I'm doing a good thing here. Uh whereas uh the Magcro's style of support is it's kind of the opposite. It's mean, it's nasty, I feel like bad after I'm done. Like I'm, I'm I want to apologize to everyone on the on the opposing teams. There's an oil um, spill in the middle of the BG. <laughs> yeah, yes. It's ugly. It's not pretty at all, but very, very effective. In one of these uh, episodes, we need to actually do a, like a number breakdown for despair. Like just take a, a character's typical weapon and spell damage and heal tooltip and really plug those numbers in and just see how little damage they're doing or how little heals they're they're going to do once once she's really rolling. Oh yeah, you're trying to get a hypothetical scenario going, oh. huh? <laughs> a little, a little old cat hypo. <laughs> <laughs> Not to twist my arm. <laughs> you've been playing with your macro healer a little bit as well, right? Lately. Yeah, I mean you've you've been on your macro support, and so you you know you kind of inspired me. I was like, all right, I gotta go, I gotta go test and see if mine works. You know, another one of my another one of my favorite named characters, the Never Ending Nord. Um, That's a great one. <laughs> Uh, that that but, one just kind of flows. It's like, yeah. that's like the name of a poem, The Never Ending Nord. <laughs> the Never Ending Nord. <laughs> <laughs> and we all know who the poem's about. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I went and grabbed my Magcrow. It's a, it's a, you know, same thing, support build. And, and I think our our bar setup is very similar. Um, mm-hmm. the, the only difference being uh, the, the, the major heal we use is that I use the kind of AOE on the ground heal where I think you use that more bursty heal. Mm-hmm. Um, and mainly the reason for that is that this build is very, uh, my build's very health recovery focused and that heal that you use reduces, it's a pretty good chunk of percentage oh, yeah. health Gives recovery. Gives you defile, I think. Right? Yeah. And so I didn't want to, if, if with me going full health recovery, I didn't want to take that away with that. So I use that AOE heal and it works really well. It still gets great healing numbers, but just kind of a reminder of the build. It's, it's five piece beekeeper. Uh, five piece Willow's Path, uh, the Gaze of Sithis Helm, and then one piece Trainee. Uh, and I always like to joke that this is the, this is like the point zero two percent devs chart that they're like, yeah. wow, somebody out there is using Willow's Path. Willow's Path, and even I feel like Beekeeper is <laughs> yeah, probably Beekeeper not far behind pro- there. Yeah, it can't, it, it's not far off. Uh, so yes, two very like, why the heck is someone using those sets? I'm using them both, uh, and you know. This at one point in time, this build, you know, I had a real fear. You know, I designed it before there was that uh, big health recovery nerf and and mm-hmm. BGs, and so it's kind of like, man, I don't know, like fifty percent cut. I don't know if this is going to work. But around that same time, they came out with Gaze of Sithis, and you know, I kind of, you know, I, I used the Sugar Skulls uh, food and kind of piece it all together, and it has well over twenty five hundred health recovery in a BG. Mm-hmm. Um, so the health recovery is still there. It's got good heals. It has that full macro toolkit. So it's, you know, it's throwing the debuffs out there. It's holding people in place. It's causing all of those, you know, crowd control effects. Uh, and it works really well. The, the old never ending Nord still very difficult to take down. Uh, and I kind of, I kind of love his strategy in just the sense that, you know, people focus the healer. Once they see the heals, they'll start focusing. And his strategy is to just outlive. You know, mm-hmm. just keep the team alive, take the beating. He's very slow. He's not going to outrun a fight. He just kind of takes the beating, 
they kind of burn through their resources on him. Uh, and it's, it's a, it's a fun player. It's a, it's a fun character. And, you know, I took it into some BGs and it still, still works really well. That's cool. Yeah. Um, anyone wanting to make a macro healer, I said this in the last episode, the, the gear almost doesn't matter. Like you can just kind of put whatever gear you want on there, whatever seems good. And it's probably going to work. Uh, it's really three abilities that I think make the build for, I think maybe it's probably for you and me both. Uh, I don't know your survivability, your health recovery is kind of a big deal in your build, but I think largely it's the wall of frost, the remote totem and the intensive mender. Yep. Those three abilities really are the build. Yes. Uh, and you can really get very, very far with just those three abilities and you can kind of do whatever you want from there. And it's probably going to work pretty well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, with the totem and the and the wall of frost, you're you're doing so much crowd control on the enemy team. It it's really putting them in a tough spot. Uh, so it's almost it's almost defensive for you as a macro support because they're in such a bad spot. And that intensive mender just cranking out the heals to you and your team. I mean, with my build specifically with the health recovery and then the intensive mender throwing me the heals on top of it. That's why he is so difficult to take down. We've talked. We've we've raved about the the intensive mender lots of times, but just one more time, man. It's uh every two seconds, it's automatically tossing out a breath of life to yeah. whoever needs it, and you you can just be blindfolded, and it'll it'll do the work for you. Yep, pretty amazing. Uh, it is very cheap, a very low cost ability, um, and the intensive mender. That's the shorter duration one, but that even lasts eight seconds. That's a pretty good amount of time. You know, think uh, radiating regen, the rest of staff ability that only lasts ten seconds. You know, yeah. so. It's still a pretty good amount of time. It's not, it doesn't seem like that hard to keep it up to me, and it's it's so worth using. Yeah, with the support builds, you know, we're on our support bar quite a bit, and so every eight seconds, that's a pretty easy buff to keep up. And it's especially when it's such a priority. You know, I, I don't know about you, but with me, that's like almost priority one. That that's as far as buffs. You know, armor buff and that are ones that I'm trying to keep up 100%. I uh, I time it with my regen. So regen is 10 seconds yep. and the mender is 8 seconds. And the thing is, you actually do want the mender to go ahead and die before you recast yes. it because the cost is cut in half then. Yep. So I just base it on whenever I need to recast uh, regen, I, I cast regen first and then the, the mender is already dead by that point and then I cast the mender. Yeah. And for me, and it may be the same for you too, but I, I always love the corpse that the Mender's giving me, you know, with, oh, the, yeah. with, the, with the Necro. That's so important. But, you know, with that uh, AoE target heal that I use, you know, if there's a corpse on the ground, then it massively gives a buff to the heal. So I'm mm-hmm. always waiting for that Mender to go down and it gives my heal a buff. Then I'll bring the Mender back up and just kind of keep repeating from there. Yeah, very, very nice. And, and yeah... Just to reiterate what you were saying, the the Wall of Frost uh, and Remote Totem, man, no one else has the capability that a macro has to just stand on a piece of ground and say, this is mine, and <laughs> just literally just force everyone off of it. And you can see it like when we're in a squad all together, if either one of us are on our macros, we just push teams back. Like we yeah. just keep walking them back uh, as far as we want to take them pretty much. Mm-hmm. Our favorite BG map to do with the uh, with the magcros is that real small arena because mm-hmm. there's not much oh, room yeah. for opponents to run away. You we know, once you take a spot, thing. yeah, you can kind of take over the whole map, and then they get stuck on a staircase or something, and it's usually pretty good results. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's one that it, that's a map that it really depends on the character that I'm playing whether I'm having fun on that map or not. <laughs> yeah, that is that's very true. That map is very dependent 
on which character you're in there with. All right. Before we get into this next to- next topic, I'm going to need a bathroom break because <sighs> we're going we're to have to get into it here. Give me just one second. silence for bgs <laughs> <laughs> i've seriously been thinking about how i even wanted to like start this conversation it's hard to even get into it you know we were just yesterday we were pretty excited to record this episode here and uh you know i think both of us and really ge- generally the the pvp population particularly battlegrounds people um have been very positive, very enthusiastic, uh, really excited about how things are going right now. Yeah. Uh, and you're seeing it in BGs, you know, like queue times are super fast, especially in the solo queue. Mm-hmm. You're seeing a lot of names that we haven't seen in a long time. We're seeing a lot of new names. Yeah. I would even argue, too, that a lot of Cyrodiil-focused names are in BGs right now. Uh, oh, yeah, I've seen a lot that, of five stars in there. Yeah. A lot of people that focus Cyrodiil have been hanging out in BGs. Yep, yep, absolutely. And the meta feels great. The combat balance is fantastic. We can play deathmatch. Um so you know, we were feeling pretty enthusiastic yesterday and then we got some some new news and Davis what I tell you on the last episode. Do you remember what I said? Do you remember what I said about how great the meta is but you better enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah. Get in there, have have your good times while you can cuz you never know. You never know how long it's going to last. And, you know, I was just joking around, but it turns out uh, it was... <laughs> you predicted the future on that one. Yeah, I was predicting the future there. Uh, so, anyway, getting to the point here, um, Gina Bruno, she put a, she made a comment on the forums, kind of updating us on the Battleground situation. She, she said that they've been gathering data over the last uh, month or so and, and analyzing all of that, and they found that um, Battleground's participation has not significantly improved. Uh, since we've been doing this uh, this option to have a deathmatch only queue, um, so according to Gina, it just hasn't really made a big impact. Which anecdotally, I find that hard to believe, but that's what she says. Um, and then at the same time, they've received quite a bit of negative feedback about the fact that even when you queue up in the random queue, you're still getting deathmatch almost all the time. Uh, and so for people who prefer the objective modes, of course, they're not happy at all because it's very rare that you can actually get one. Um, so, uh, with this next upcoming DLC, which will be update 33, um, they're reverting back to the solo random and group random queues, and they're getting rid of the deathmatch only queue. So back to where we were a few months ago, I think, (laughs) where solo, solo random group random are the only two options starting with this next update. So we have like a few weeks, maybe a month left of a of a good battleground situation. Um, before we kind of share our own thoughts, I'll finish kind of paraphrasing what she said here. Uh, they say that they uh, want to ensure the healthiest population and player experience possible. Uh, and the final word on the thing, which is the the hardest line to read of the whole thing, uh, she says this is the last chance, the last change we uh, plan to make for the foreseeable future. That's the tough one. So that sounds very final. Sounds like this is it. Yeah. Yeah. Hope you like it. And, you know, I wanted to prepare a whole kind of speech and really break down my thoughts on this thing and and lay it all out there. But I don't don't think I have the energy for it because we've done it all (laughs) before, you know, multiple times. 
Yeah. I mean, we yeah, we've we've talked about this. All the suggestions have been made, all the possible better solutions. You know, there's at least 100 better solutions that have all been, you know, that feedback has been given. It's been received. It's been acknowledged. I guarantee all those possibilities have been discussed in a boardroom somewhere. Uh, and still, this is this is what we're getting. And the thing is, you know, Davius, you and I, we're, we like Deathmatch. That's what we prefer. Yeah. Um, so, of course, we've been happy with the current situation as it is right now. Um, but with this right here, nobody's happy. And I can tell you, you go to this thread on the forums where Gina posted this, uh, this comment and you see there's pages and pages and pages, uh, of responses from players, not a single positive comment. You know, the most positive thing you'll see on there is like a neutral person, like someone, this is basically neutral and saying like, seems fine. You know, the vast majority of people, no matter what side of it you're on, are unhappy. People who want deathmatch obviously are not going to be happy because you're hardly ever going to get deathmatch now. And the people who prefer objectives are not going to be happy. We've already seen how that turns out before. Uh, when when all you can get are objective modes, the people who like deathmatch are going to treat everything like deathmatch. Uh, exactly. And the objective people are going to have their games ruined too. Nobody's happy in this situation. Yeah. When we had this before, when it was just random only... How many matches? Like 100% of matches where people are arguing in the chat about this exact thing. It it creates such a toxic atmosphere. We were not Mm -hmm. having fun at all because we were just – we were busy like arguing with people all the time. The community is at each other's throats almost every match. There's one or or two people. Yeah, and like what happens is, you know, the the problem with that that I and I think a lot of people have with objective modes is if – if you're really getting sweaty about objective modes, about like land grab games, uh, and that's what you're you're all about, and you're making your build about winning those matches, then the ideal thing is to not fight. The ideal thing is to avoid combat as much as possible. And you know, I get I get that there's fun to be found there, and I've I've had fun with some of those modes, particularly like relic can sometimes be fun if you're kind of into that. Uh, Chaos balls okay as well, but. Uh, when the thing you've been doing since Morrowind is deathmatch, and that literally is the entire game to a lot of players, myself included, you know, our game's being taken away, yeah. you know, and and we try to go and still have fun the best way that we can, but then that causes arguments with other players, and it's yeah. not a good time, even if we have great success, you know, we, we still didn't have a good time because it's it's such a toxic experience. Everyone's turned against each other. Um. It's 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 unreal and it's so completely tone deaf. Um, and it's it's an incredible disappointment. So much goodwill is being squandered here. You know, like we've been praising the the combat and balance changes, the yeah. quality of life improvements. We've been understanding of like two years in a row getting uh, smaller and smaller chapter releases. It looks like the next coming year is going to be a third year in a row of pretty small chapter releases. But still, yet we've been feeling optimistic enthusiastic excited you know like we can't wait to see what's coming next last year despite the small releases was a great year and i would be totally on board with another year like that yeah um but i feel like the 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 wind is completely out of my sails i'm completely deflated if we're going back to random only cues and battlegrounds with that completely toxic atmosphere that is not enjoyable for anyone you know who's this change for who, who are we pleasing with this change? Yeah. Literally no one. 
probably what's going to happen here is that we're going to have to, you know, last time this happened, we had to go find a, another home outside of BGs. We just yeah. kind of stopped doing them. Uh, and it was a bummer, you know, it was, we found other ways to have fun with the game. You know, we, we got real into the sewers there for a little bit. We tried out Cyrodiil, uh, mainly cause we're just looking for PVP fights, but you know, there's, we can't, we can't really measure ourselves in PVP during those time frames. You know, when we did sewers and we did, um, Cyrodiil and it, it, we're not measuring our skill in PVP anymore. It's almost always an imbalanced fight. You're yeah. either severely outnumbering some noobs or you're going up against some zerg and there's no way of quantifying like how well you did or whatever like the only thing you can do in imperial city i feel like is just bomb people you know that's like all people do there yep it's it's very imbalanced fight it's you know very rarely do you go against a fight that's even within two to three players difference of each other uh and so you know, it's 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 a disappointment, you know, for the for the people that really find a joy and a challenge in, in, in player versus player combat, um, theory crafting a build to to really test it and see how it does against other players and theory crafting, really testing out our skills, seeing what our theory crafting build does against other really great theory crafters. We just we're kind of losing, you know, not only losing that playstyle, but we're losing that uh, that whole avenue that the game provides to us. Yeah, it's such a perfect testing ground. Like like you were just saying, like, I have this build idea. Let me try this thing. Queue up, see how it works. Okay, 15-minute match over. Actually, this skill didn't work too good. Let me try this one. Queue up again. Another 15-minute match. You know, you can, like, you can really hammer out a build really quick exactly. just by doing a bunch of uh, BGs back-to-back-to-back and kind of making those adjustment adjustments in between. And it's hard to get that kind of data in Cyrodiil or Imperial City because they they are so often imbalanced fights and you're, you're just like, well, yeah, I guess I didn't die there, but that player kind of sucked. So I don't know if that, if my yeah. build's good or not, you know, or, or you go, you know, you go in there and you go against 10 people and you just immediately get wiped and you're like, well, I don't really know what to take from that. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's the problem with these objective BGs. You can go into a BG and you may spend 10 minutes trying to chase down another player or, you know, you're going against, uh, you see, you know, I would say Chaos Ball is probably the one that promotes the most fighting. Yeah, that's but the even, best one. Even when you go into Chaos Ball, that Chaos Ball does such a debuff to your team that if you're the team that has it, yeah, it's an uneven fight. And the same thing when you're going and fighting a team that has the Chaos Ball. Yeah, maybe you wipe out an entire team, but they have this debuff that is completely just you know wiping the floor with them. So Right, you didn't do all that damage. Exactly. Yeah. So it's still not even an even fight. Um, yeah, it's just... Um, it's tough. And you can never have your team together because, like, you know, everyone's split. Some some people want to stand on flags. But if we're doing nothing but standing on flags and I haven't fought anyone in, like, five yeah. minutes and now this this match is almost over, I'm just wasting time here. So I'm going to run away from the flag and go yep. try to find some fights. But then, of course, I'll be outnumbered. And it's yep. just, You'll be you know, it's ne- never good. And that's the thing with the flag games is that, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, fight on the flag. Well, there's usually in those matches, there's, like, four or five flags up at a time. And so... Usually the three teams just go and grab open flags and there'll be fights, you know, as teams are running between the flags. But it's just it's not it's not challenging, you know, my theory crafting, my build versus your build, my theory crafting versus your theory crafting. It's just not it's just not that environment. Yeah, it's such a disappointment, man. When I when I saw that forum post, uh, I guess 
shout out to Dr. Professor. He's the one that posted it in the Discord. <laughs> and the saddest shout out of Brought our attention history. to it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess we've got a few more weeks of, of good Battlegrounds. It's, it's honestly even hard for me to enjoy that right now because I know it's just it's just temporary. It's going to come to an end and... You know, I'll have I'll have a good match and feel good about it, and then I'll immediately feel bad afterwards because I know this isn't going to last. <laughs> Short lived, and it's tough too because I, you know, I'm almost positive all these names that we've really talked about, enjoying seeing oh, yeah. them back. We haven't seen them on in a while. Yes, I've, I mean They're, I don't want to say their names on the on the show because I, I didn't ask for permission. But yeah, yes, but, the names we haven't seen in ages. Like man, so good to see you. It's been so long, and they're happy to be back. They're excited yeah. to be doing BGs and again. I, I think we're gonna. I think they're gonna start disappearing again. <laughs> yeah. It's just absolutely ridiculous. We try to keep things positive on this show. We like this game. That's why we do a podcast. If there's things we don't like, we we tend to just kind of say what we think and then move on, you know. Right. Uh, so I don't want to dwell on this too much, but man, it's such a bummer. It's such an it's, absolute bummer. It, yeah, it really is. It's um, I think you said it best. It it really is kind of taking the wind out of our sails for sure. That mm-hmm. is a very true statement. Coming off of such a fantastic patch right now like the best patch ever (laughs) you know i mean combined with the the meta the balance and the how easy it is to get into a death match (laughs) uh yeah and that's that's a bummer scrolling podcast at gmail.com if uh you have anything else to say about the bgq situation i know a lot of people have strong opinions on this thing i'd love to hear what you guys have to say about it please be polite even if uh we have differing (laughs) opinions uh we can we can be civil about it uh, I'm on the side of the of the uh, objective people too. They're not happy about this. I want them to have their game that they yeah. want as well. You know, uh, and no, that's what I keep saying. Nobody's happy with this. Yeah. Um, anyway, moving on. We can't talk about it anymore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> moving uh, on. Yeah, I wanted to. That's why I said at the top of the show, I want to start with something that I'm feeling good about. Let's talk mm-hmm. about my Magblade because if we started with this, it's just going to be a downward spiral, spiral all the way to the end, you know. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, so we had to kind of bury it in the middle. But here's something a little more positive. Um, so yep. we got a little bit of a DLC pre-announcement thing. There was a press release. You can go to ElderScrollsOnline.com and it'll be uh, the top thing there. Uh, the press release is called "A Storm Rises Over Tamriel." Um, and this is basically an announcement of an announcement, right? Like uh, January 27th <laughs> is when the real thing is happening. And we'll actually see what, what's going to be happening with this year's worth of content. Um, there is a teaser trailer on that uh, press release. So um, you can watch that and get some kind of clues about what's uh, what's going to be going on. Um, so we watched that trailer. Um, just some kind of things that we observed. There's um, First of all, there's it's like... You're looking out over the ocean and you see these ships sailing over the ocean. Um, There's a a part where there's like this storm that's going on over the ocean and you see uh, ships from all three alliances sort of meeting each other. And it looks like they're maybe about to to do battle of some kind, Um, which makes sense with this whole kind of uh, political story they say they're going to be telling. Um, The music and imagery that they are showing throughout this uh, trailer seems very Bretonish. And uh, the one kind of... Um, person that they show. They show like the back of someone walking out on the deck of a ship and he seems to be wearing uh, Breton style armor. So yes. probably that's going to be the uh, the race that's focused on uh, for this thing, which is cool. Bretons, are, I really like Bretons. Yeah, and it, that kind of goes along with the Breton to me. The Breton race to me seems very about political 
espionage and spies and yeah very cloak and dagger kind yes, of stuff yeah very much so in the trailer they show kind of an aerial view of this really beautiful looking coastal yeah. city uh that i've I'm really excited. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that's going to be the city that we are going to end up uh, going to. Uh, people are throwing are throwing around the term high aisles. Apparently there was a leak or someone mentioned high aisles somewhere. And I tried to look it up uh, on Google to see if I could find it on a map anywhere. But I don't think it's actually known where it's located. I guess we'll, we'll find out when this content comes out. But that's everyone saying the high aisles is kind of where where we're going. Looks like a really cool city. That's all, you know. It looks beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. It wasn't like a, you know, it it was a cinematic trailer, you know, so it wasn't like in the game engine that they were showing this thing, but, you know, I'm sure the game version of it will be pretty cool too. I kind of think that we might get kind of like a, you know, really beautiful lush zone kind of a southern elsewhere type zone so that's what we need yeah very something like like very warm and inviting and yeah. something to make us forget about the battleground situation <laughs> Some, uh, somewhere to escape <laughs> uh, reading through the forums like just kind of on the on the heels of this announcement and people kind of getting hyped about it and stuff it seems like the the feature that people are kind of clamoring for the most is uh spell crafting um, that's just kind of the, the thing that I see repeatedly people saying like, let's get spell crafting. It's a good time for it. Um, it seems like it could be neat if it, if they could implement it well, it seems like it, that could be a challenge. I don't know. That actually seems like a bigger thing than they've kind of prepared yeah. us to be expecting, you know, <laughs> so I, I don't, would I don't agree really... with that. that. That would seem like a pretty big addition to the game. Yeah. Um, and they've I... kind of set expectations i feel like mm-hmm. i would be i would actually be surprised if we even just got uh, a new skill line you know like yeah. something on the level of sigic order i think we're definitely overdue for such a thing but i think spell crafting would be even more complicated than that and i don't even think we'll get something like sigic order um yeah. so i don't know I, you know honestly i would be surprised if this year it's just like two companions that's what we that's the new feature for the chapter <laughs> like companions i'm so soured like my optimism <laughs> is just like in the dirt right now uh, but um people are also speculating just because there's boats in the trailer like are we going to get naval combat is there going to be are we going to be able to fight people on boats uh, i doubt it but <laughs> i don't think that's going to happen but boy that yeah, would be fun i would love if they somehow add it you know like i said i have to say this I do not think this is going to happen, but yeah. <laughs> boy, what a cool aspect if they kind of gave player control over boats in the game yeah. so players could kind of hop on boats and drive those around. That'd be pretty, that'd be pretty fun. That'd be wild. Yeah, I think you're right. That probably wouldn't happen, uh, or maybe not this year anyway, but that would be cool. Um, and then just something that occurred to me is that um, there's no indication that this is what's happening, but just the fact that it is this political story and based on the trailer it's going to be involving all three alliances um it seems like it's a perfect like story opportunity to to do something pvp related in particular cyrodiil you know the three yeah. banners war um they could have something that ties into the story very perfectly and kind of have a justification to put some some time and effort into cyrodiil and, and revitalize that space and maybe make it more fun more attractive to players because cyrodiil's in really really rough shape has been for a while yeah um and it's it could definitely use some attention and you know if if they're kind of telling us this year is going to be kind of a smaller release you know probably not going to get a class probably not going to get a skill line temper those expectations 
You know, if they put whatever energy they would have put into a skill line into just making Cyrodiil better, I wonder how that would go. Yeah. No indication that that's what's going to happen, but uh, I'm, I'm trying to be optimistic here in any way I can find. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be back to our optimistic, uh, positive selves on the next episode, man. This was just such a bombshell. Like I was saying, like yeah. just yesterday, we were like excited about this episode, man. This, things have been great, man. Like things have been so good. I've, I haven't been this enthusiastic about the game in ages. Yeah. Uh, and now it's like within 24 hours, it's like I've been, to- I've been so soured. It's like yeah. the rug's been totally pulled out from under me. So I'll have to get that positivity back. It'll come back. It'll be back. But it, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. Emails and shout outs. Uh, no emails this week, but you can send us an email at scrollingpodcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions or comments, anything you'd like to say, uh, it could be related to ESO or not. It doesn't really matter as long as you're nice. Uh, all emails welcome. Scrollingpodcast at gmail.com. Um, shout out to Dr. Professor. We finally got to group up. Dr. Professor has been listening for quite a while. Um, and just in the last couple of weeks, we finally joined a group together uh, and did a little PVP together and just goofed off and had a good time in Imperial City. And I hope we get to do it again soon. Dr. Professor, yeah. great guy, great person to hang out with. It was awesome. Uh, shout out to Grizzly Khan as well for being here in the chat, listening to us and, and chatting with us tonight while we record. He's also been hanging out in Discord a little bit as well here, here lately, just kind of chatting with us while we all do our thing and uh, always good to have Grizz around so thanks Grizz if Scroll and Podcast ever gets merchandise shout out Grizzly Khan is going to be one of the <laughs> that's got to be the first t-shirt <laughs> shout out to Grizzly Khan shout out to Grizzly Khan that's going to be that's got to be one of the t-shirts it's perfect it's like the perfect <laughs> amount of obscure like yeah. people see that like what does that even mean <laughs> I like it we're going to have to we're going to make that happen um, we have a guild. It is the best named guild on PCNA. It is also the official guild of the Scrollin' Podcast. Our name is Stoons Goons. Uh, if you'd like to be a member of Stoons Goons, hit us up at uh, scrollinpodcast at gmail.com, or you can find us in-game. I'm at Ketsparrowhawk. Davius is at Starjumper. Just let us know you want to be in the Goons. We'll get you in there. Um, also, we have a Discord. If you want to join the Discord, same thing, scrollingpodcast at gmail.com, and we invite you to the Discord. Uh, I always say this, anyone who's in the Discord, I consider them to be a fully-fledged goon. You're a member of the guild. So, you know, we only have five guild slots, so if you don't want to drop a guild that you're already in, just join the Discord, and, you know, you're, you're welcome to come along with any, any activities that we do. Uh, we do quite a bit of PvP, mostly Battlegrounds, but we jump into Imperial City sometimes. We do some dungeons and, and different things, and it's a fun little group of people. Everyone's really chill, no toxicity whatsoever. We all get along really great. It's a lot of theorycraft discussion, a lot of memes being shared, and, uh, you know, it's a... In my opinion, it's just the right size uh, a Discord server. We have enough people in here where it's active, it's a cool community to be a part of, uh, but it's small enough where everyone kind of has a pretty good voice and you're never really getting buried and having to yeah. fight to, to say something or anything like that. I really, I'm really digging our Discord community. I think that's about all we have. Davis, do you have anything else? I think that's it. Okay, thank you very much for listening. We'll catch you next time. See you then.
Hey, don't leave the guild. <laughs> no, Gris, come back. Don't do that, dude. <laughs> then where will you get your shout outs? Yeah. <laughs> think about that? Yeah. <laughs> Face it, Grizz, you need us. <laughs> you need those shout outs.